Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Hello, hello. All right, so what are we talking about on the podcast this week? All right, y'all. Last week, Josie and I saw a beautiful uptick in listeners, so I think we have new listeners tuning in which is super super exciting for Mm -hmm. us so hello if you are new to the gender journeys podcast welcome we are so excited to have you here and in response to that we want to just like a little bit of a reintroduction but then in addition to that because you know hopefully most of our listeners already know who we are Mm -hmm. um so in addition to that we're going to do a bit of a deeper dive into gender fluidity which is my gender identity right right absolutely which yeah, we we want to you know have this kind of moment to kind of re readdress our own uh, identities. It's been a second. It's been it, approaching a year. It has been a second, and like identities change. Oh, pronoun true. shift. We true. it just feels it just feels uh, necessary to every once in a while check in and like re mention where we are in our gender journeys. Yeah. Um, Do you want to kick us off with your update reintroduction? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a trans woman. I am non-op. If you want to know more about that identity, you can listen to our previous episode, What is Non-op? It was a good episode. I personally liked it a lot. (laughs) Imagine that. (laughs) I am also an author. I write queer speculative fiction, uh, queer sci-fi fantasy, Mm -hmm. and I... I'm super cool. <laughs> <laughs> I am pretty cool. Uh, I think that the the important note for this podcast is that I identify as a binary woman. Mm-hmm. So I identify as, you know, a woman. Mm-hmm. But as we have talked about over the course of this podcast, my identity has some non-binary flavor to yeah, it. Yeah, gender non-conforming. Yeah, gender non-conforming. One really big note on that uh, at this exact moment, I have a beard. Because it's I, grand. I grew out a quarantine beard, and honestly, I look awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whole fact. It's and... a Jonathan Van Ness moment. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that's my beautiful, beautiful genderqueer influence. Just saying. Not trying to take credit or anything. I mean, like... Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's true. I mean, you can t- probably take credit for the fact that I'm gender non-conforming in the first place. I was going to make that joke, but it felt rude for me to make the <laughs> no, joke. No, no, I got you. <laughs> so I identify as gender fluid, non-binary, gender queer, kind of depending on the moment, right. um, depending on who is asking and why and what I think their depth of gender understanding is. <laughs> But I am AFAB, which I do think is important for the context of this podcast. I am currently working as an educator, though I'm going back to school in the fall to become a therapist. I read a lot, which is also relevant to the context of this podcast because I bring up the books that I read a lot. You do. That's part of my personality. It's lovely. But yeah, so it is my gender fluid identity that we're going to be kind of diving into today. Yes. And like I said, like, I'll often say I'm non-binary if it's, like, a form or if 
I don't think people will know what gender fluidity is. That's the big one that I usually go with non-binary. Or if people are just like asking like more generally, like, are you a man, woman, or like other? And the <laughs> other is called non-binary. I'm like, yeah. Like I'm in the umbrella of non-binary. Right, um, right. So then in the more specific identity that we're mm-hmm. going to dive into here today, what does gender fluid mean? Yeah, man. It can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. I think that's mm-hmm. why I tend not to own it if I'm not going to be given the chance to explain it. The like baseline definition of gender fluid is somebody whose gender is not static, whose gender identity changes. Mm-hmm. That can be day to day. That can be week to week, month to month, year to year. Mm-hmm. I personally feel like my gender fluidity is more like day to day slash week to week with some like overarching large pulls. Like I think that when I was younger... I identified happily as a girl and woman, and so there's been an obviously, like, overarching, slower burn move into gender queerness and non-binaryness. Mm-hmm. But there are also definitely like, kind of day-to-day moves. I think that often g- gender fluidity is shown as kind of like an on-off switch between girl and boy, and like a day-to-day, like, you wake up and you're like, is today a girl day or a boy day? And you're like, that might be some people's experience, but it's definitely not mine. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think one thing that has been really interesting uh, to me in my like outside understanding of the gender fluid community and my outside understanding of gender fluidity Mm -hmm. is that, like you said, a lot of people think of it as sort of a light switch or at least as like a very like sudden change. Like gender fluidity happens on like a day to day, maybe a week to week basis. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I have seen as kind of a a different experience and one that is just as valid is (laughs) this idea of your gender identity might flow or shift throughout your life. Yeah, and I really like that one. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, y'all, everything has to come back to my top surgery. I'm so sorry. One day I'll get the tits chopped off and you won't have to hear about it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But something that's really come up while I'm doing that, which has really been the first medical transition that I've sought. I mean, I sought testosterone, but I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever knew about that except for Josie. So it's really the only, it's the first like public medical transition piece that I've sought. Right. So I have, I've heard a lot of like, oh, but you were such a happy little girl. And like, they, you didn't seem like a boy in the wrong body at all. And I'm like, okay, well, first off. <laughs> I have news. <laughs> but I think for me, like, I did seem like a happy little girl because I was a happy little girl. Very happy being in that body and in that gender. And, like, all the way through early college, I was very happy being a woman, being perceived as a woman, you know, whatever. And that's been kind of the slower burn. Like, it's been a right. slower shift. And so, like, I really love the fact that, like, my gender queerness now, even if in its most, like, extreme moments, like, when I'm feeling very masked and, like, the fact that I want to get a major surgery to change mm-hmm. my body to be less feminine, that doesn't invalidate all the beautiful right. times I had in fucking low-cut shirts and push-up bras getting served first at the bar those those are phenomenal loved those moments right wouldn't trade them for the whole world right but don't want it anymore you've mentioned uh on this podcast previously how like you kind of feel like you presented as a woman Mm -hmm. and that you kind of like were a woman Mm -hmm. at the best time in your life for that to have been true specifically a woman with big titty i mean you know just going just got named that like that was lit we loved it right and then like now you have sort of moved into this new phase of your life where it's not that what happened before is like invalid and that's the thing i think that a lot of trans narratives and again like these are so valid but i think the trans narrative that we hear of a lot is either somebody knew from the time that they were 
five mm-hmm. that they were trans and they were in the wrong body, quote unquote. Um, or at some point in their early adulthood, a light switched and they were like, holy shit, all of my problems were actually dysphoria. And I've right. always hated being in this body, even though I didn't realize it. But now I'm going to like take steps to fix that and everything's going to be great. Um, again, both of which are entirely valid, but I often feel like I'm being pushed into that second version where it's like, oh, I'm so glad you've realized this. So you've always hated your tits. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, right. no, I didn't. Like, right. I loved having long hair. I love being perceived as a woman. Like, that was great. I'm just, that's not what I want anymore. And it's really, that's shockingly hard for people to conceive. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I, li- I loved living at home mm-hmm. for most of my life, too. And like, oh, boy, I would not want to live with my parents anymore. Right. And I think that's something that even gender expansive folks can have Mm -hmm. a hard time grasping because I think the way the language that you and I use and I, I actually don't know if this is the way that the folks within the gender fluid community refer to those outside of their community. But you refer to my gender often as a static gender. Yes. And I've never heard anybody else use that. I Maybe I coined it. <laughs> maybe you coined it. Maybe <laughs> circa 2021. Um, but there are fluid genders mm-hmm. wherein you may, you know, light switch back and forth. You may flow and flux back and forth. Mm-hmm. Or back and forth. Sorry, that's very binary language anyway. Yeah, well, um, there it is. It's ingrained, ain't it? But for folks like me, where I identify as a binary woman and I identify as having a static gender, yeah. that's because my gender doesn't move around. I I don't really feel like I have that experience. Yeah. But I feel like that idea of gender, this idea that like your gender can grow and change as you grow and change, can also be really validating for people even with static genders. Because I know that when I was first coming out and I was really scared about doing medical transition steps, I asked my therapist at the time, like, well, what if I do HRT for four years and then I realize it was a mistake and I, like, don't... Oh my god, and then you can stop. Yeah, and I don't want to do them anymore. I want to, like, be transition or something. And my therapist was like, well, why does that have to be that you were wrong? Why couldn't it be that you are gender fluid but your gender flows slowly i fucking love it yeah and the number of non-binary people especially non-binary afab people the number of non-binary afab people who have taken low dose tea and have been on and off low dose tea for years like years yeah and that's beautiful not necessarily something they all planned i think it often especially right now in this moment came from an accident right they planned to be on tea forever they got a side effect that they didn't enjoy they stopped Mm -hmm. they decided they wanted it back like every time it felt like a new decision which is fine but i think that we can also see it as an overarching pattern of like maybe in your late 20s you were feeling really more like steadily masculine and so you wanted to be on tea and like get that fat redistribution and that muscle building ability then maybe in your early 30s you were like a little bit more vibing with like an androgynous or more feminine look and so you went back off it and like yeah that can be beautiful and i think your identity in particular is an interesting kind of way to view both of those time scales mm-hmm. because yeah. your understanding of your own identity has shifted and and but but not my understanding of it i think that's the thing is like mm-hmm. this static gender narrative is so built in even in you're saying it's my understanding of it because no like my identity itself shifted Okay. You know what I mean? Because I think that's the thing is like, there is this constant pull, even in our household, even in my brain, to go back to being like, oh, well, I just didn't understand my gender before. And it's like, no, 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 I understood it just fine. It was just a woman. My gender was 
a pink old blob with a big old female sign on it. <laughs> you know? Big old Venus. <laughs> yeah. And I understood it just fine. I was a phenomenal feminine womanly woman. I was in a sorority, y'all. Like, I got this shit. <laughs> we met at a sorority party. It just, like, it boggles, boggles the, the mind. mind. And I think that's the thing, and I'm not, I'm not trying to call you out. I just think that that's mm-hmm. the interesting thing is, like, there's this constant pressure to be like, oh, so you misunderstood yourself. And I'm like, no, like, I didn't. Like, I understood myself great. And it's changed. No, I'm so glad you called me, because honestly, it is. It is that kind of, like, ingrained static, like, there's this really strong idea in the trans community, and it pulls from this idea in the cis community mm-hmm. that your gender is something that is... Innate. Innate. And, and actually, I think that this is a good time to also mention, I would like to point out, well, I started exploring this because of a class that taught me about spectrums of gender, which was our first episode, which is a whole other thing. But one of the memories that really started to codify my identity as gender fluid was a moment where you were like being misgendered for a lot of family related reasons. And I was like, you have to like think about like where your womanhood resides in your body. And that was a really powerful thing for you. And I had to sit down and be like, the fuck does that mean? What was I just saying? What do you mean womanhood resides in your body? Like, what is this stable-ass thing you have in yourself? And it was so funny because, like, y'all, like I said, I want to be a therapist. I was able to, like, kind of guide you through thinking about your gender. And Mm -hmm. then I turned around and was like, what was the bullshit that I just spat? I have no ability to, like, look inside myself and find, like, that's not a thing. Like, I have no stable portion of myself like that. Right. And it really, so that's what I mean. I think I joked at the beginning of this episode that, like, you also are responsible for my gender queerness. But, like, genuinely looking at you, especially as a trans woman who therefore has, like, you know, done a lot and gone through a lot to express and live your genuine internal static gender Mm -hmm. i'm just like yo what the fuck is that like where is that i don't have that i mean i have a gender it's in there but like right it comes and goes it shifts (laughs) right and i i find it really interesting that your gender identity has shifted both on the grand scale Mm -hmm. but also i think i think that i I, i'll just put a plug in there i do think that my like home gender identity right now is non-binary. Right. And how within that non-binary identity, you do still shift relatively often Mm -hmm. in terms of how your gender feels. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one, that's something that I've gotten into the habit of asking you, not necessarily daily, but when I notice some sort of a shift in your mood, I'll ask how your gender is feeling. Right. Which is beautiful. And like, so kind of maybe talk about that a little bit. What What is that experience for you? I think overall, it's hard to explain. It's I mean, yeah. I think that most people when pressed, it's hard to explain your gender. Um, That's fair. That's extremely fair. But I think that for me, it's a lot of expression. I think mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of thinking about this in, in regards to top surgery, not surprisingly. But for me, it's a lot of like, how am I being perceived? Because again, like internally, my gender internally, like I feel like you have like a beautiful orb in your abdomen that is your gender. I feel like I have like a little bit of slime that like kind of moves around my body. Sometimes <laughs> I can find it. Sometimes I, it's lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, it's just not like that stable and it's not that important. It's just not that essential. Right. Which was another one of the big realizations watching you as a trans woman, again, do all these things to express your gender. I was like, holy fuck, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Don't right. Care. So I think that for me, those day-to-day shifts kind of are more like, How do I want people to perceive me today? How do I want people to interact with me today? How do I want to feel like I am moving through the world? Is a lot of it for me. And I I know. And how much do I care today? Sorry, that's the other Mm -hmm. big thing that changes day to day is like, most of the time, I'm like, don't call me miss. 
But beyond that, I really don't care. Like, I really don't, I don't care beyond that. And some days I'm like, I really, it will hurt me deeper in my soul if I'm called she, her today. And I just like care a little bit more, which is part of my gender fluidity that also kind of diverges from the more standard depiction of gender fluidity, which is that mine also includes an aspect of agender. So like some days I have more and less of a gender. Right. I was actually going to mention that is, I think we mentioned a little bit earlier in this episode, Mm -hmm. this idea of like a light switch. And then there's also kind of an alternative idea, which is a dimmer switch. Right. And the way that people tend to like identify the dimmer switch version of gender fluidity is you are moving from man to woman with some androgynous in the middle and you're like dimming between them. Yeah. But I've heard you describe your gender as like you said, a gender is a is a big part of it often, and that is sort of like the the intensity of gender in your day to day life, no matter which of the myriad of genders you can occupy. Right. It so is. it's like a light with a dimmer switch that also can be different colors. Right. <laughs> and the different colors are the different genders, and then like the gender aspect is like how much I actually care and identify with that gender on any given right. day, which I would like to name also. There is a word for that specifically, which is called gender flux, mm-hmm. um, which is just like a more niche gender identity, which I probably fit into pretty well, but I like gender fluid and labels are really only meant to be self empowering. So right. I stick with gender fluid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so gender flux tends to kind of more refer to the like, Intensity differences. The intensity differences. Mm -hmm. I've heard gender flux being folks who move from specifically like agender to demigirl to woman. Right. And like kind of in and out of those. Yeah, along one spectrum of gender. Yeah. So that's, I I think that's also partially why I sit more with gender fluid. It's just that like I'm gender fluid, but sometimes I care more and care less. Right. Yeah. I think that that is like a really also important aspect of it Mm -hmm. that really affects how I just feel my gender because I'm like some days I'm like where's my gender and I'm like oh it's gone there it goes into the wind bye gender gender. especially like I think that for some people their gender is like really like front of mind in a way that mine never is so if I'm Mm -hmm. like stressed at work or if I'm like stressed about other things or if I'm having a depressive episode which is often (laughs) my gender becomes less important and i think for some people their gender becomes more important when they're stressed about other Mm -hmm. things but if i'm already stressed about a lot of other things and then somebody calls me she her i'm like i don't even give a shit could you just like get me the work thing that i need from you like i don't care about my gender which i think is Mm -hmm. the opposite reaction that some people have i feel like for some people gender can be self-soothing yeah it's like it's very it's very rarely that for me i think for especially static folks gender can be like this touchstone where you're like, here's an intrinsic part of my identity. I'm going to like, I feel very stressed right now. I'm going to go back to my most intrinsic self and like, you know. And it's a lot harder to do that that. with a moving target. Like, Like that doesn't sound fun if you're like, wait, then I have to sit down and figure out what my gender even is today. Like, it's just like not, that's not it. Right. That's not it. I'll go read a book. I'll go do some zen tangling. Like I have other touchstones that I know that I like and enjoy. Right. But yeah, that's a good, that's another way that like I think I started to realize (laughs) maybe I wasn't a woman in the way that you're a woman when you were doing a lot of that in terms of your expressions of femininity being self-care. Yeah. That's really interesting too to me is that idea that your gender is 
almost I don't call it voluntary that seems a little bit more like you're electing to it and that's right. not the case I, I think but... that the thing is like I do feel like my gender is more voluntary I just feel like I'm the only one that's allowed to say that because trans people are attacked because it's like a choice and whatever right which is like no you can hop off my dick for that but like I feel like it's higher up on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs right your gender is not necessarily I mean your gender is not a choice the right. identity that you have as you said is your identity right and it changes as it goes along. And isn't that lit? But it's not something that is like fundamental to your being mm-hmm. the way that it is for some people. And that is perfectly valid. Right. And there's like a lot of power in that. I think that you are a very cool person. I think I'm a cool person too. <laughs> I really love, I think that your gender is beautiful. I love, <laughs> I love every aspect of your gender fluidity yeah. um, and just how you've described it to me and how it has interacted with our life. I think that it's a very beautiful I also vibe with gender fluidity because, like, I, I mean, so, disclaimer, I'm hella white, I'm Hungarian, and I really want to look into traditional Hungarian practices, but I haven't yet, so I don't know. But I really vibe with the fact that historically, in other cultures that are not my own, there is a connection between, like, being non-binary or third genders and being healers or being spiritual leaders. And I do, (laughs) again again huge asterisk like i cannot claim any of those i do not claim any of those Mm -hmm. specific identities and i think that there is something to be said for again my top surgeon said something to this effect he said like non-binary people are looking beyond the visible to see what is true like he's like they're finding other realities which Mm -hmm. i just thought was like yeah like i think there's something inherent to being non-binary that's like you are seeing more than what is here you are inherently imagining something different which is inherently like i feel like there is something genuinely inherent to being non-binary that led to all of these cultures seeing their non-binary ancestors and peers as healers and spiritual leaders like there is something very powerful about being like yes i know I was born a woman. I myself specifically lived as a woman very happily for 20 plus years. Every single person in my entire life has told me that I either get to be a woman or a man, even to the point of like, and again, not to throw you under the bus, babe, Mm -hmm. but like when I first started exploring this, you made some assumptions that I would be trans, like binary trans to being a man. Right. I think that's fair to say. I, I had some learning to do on non Again, not trying identities. to throw you out under the bus. I just, like, I'm pointing out that, like, I had one single class, not like a full semester of a class, one single class period that kind of taught me about, like, generally the spectrums of gender. And I was able to see through all of these, like, layers of mm-hmm. reality that have been put on me and be like, I think that might be me. Right. <laughs> and, like, right. I think there's something inherently kind of magical about people who are able to do that. And for me, especially with gender fluidity, I tie my empathy into it because I think Mm. that there's something magical about being able to put myself in other people's shoes very genuinely. Like, I think think that I'm able to put myself very empathetically into other people's shoes because, like, I genuinely do hold these gender identities in different moments, which doesn't mean that I have the life experience of an AMAB person (laughs) or of a trans man or of a trans woman or of a cis woman. So I kind of also am, like, kind of jack of all trades master of none but (laughs) but you can occupy that space in a way that a lot of people would find just uncomfortable right whether or not they you know i I think a lot of people can be more empathetic to other genders than they really realize right but it does 
carry a degree of discomfort and misunderstanding mm-hmm. that perhaps you are better equipped to deal with than mm-hmm. other people. So, I mean, I really, I really do in some ways. And again, like I don't have a super, I'm not super comfortable with my own spirituality yet. It's something I'm genuinely working on. And I don't quite, I'm still grappling with the fact that I have these connotations of my gender, but these connotations of my gender are inherently tied to what I've heard of specifically indigenous and Polynesian ancestral third gender and non-binary gender practices. And I think that that's really hard to disentangle because I do not have access. I do not and should not and do not want to have access to those incredibly beautiful traditions. And like I said, I feel like it is inherent to being non-binary that like we are seeing beyond (laughs) to some extent. And I think that's incredible. And I think it makes me a better healer in, in terms of being a counselor. And like I do, like, this is what I think is so cool about my my gender. Right. Which is gender fluid. Yeah, it is gender fluid, yes. Which is a very cool identity. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about gender fluidity before we kind of wrap it up here? In summary, it's like a bit vulnerable for me to talk about like the spirituality aspect and the empathy aspect of my identity. That's not something, like I, as I mentioned, it's something I'm still exploring and working on in a lot of different ways myself. Right. But I just want to name once again that this is like my experience of gender fluidity. And I think gender fluidity is, I think that this should be true of all gender identities, but I think especially this is true of gender fluidity. It's individual to the person. Like you gotta, you gotta ask anybody who says they're gender fluid, you gotta ask what that means to them. Cause I mean, like in the very least, what genders are you fluid between? (laughs) Like (laughs) don't just assume it's man and woman. For me, it's definitely not. For some people it might very specifically not be man or woman just like it's a very it's a very personal identity gender fluid people are out here seeing realities you can't even fathom so like (laughs) ask them about it (laughs) absolutely yeah absolutely and hope that they're willing to share with you (laughs) (laughs) all right i think that's where we're just about going to wrap it up this week on gender journeys the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context Thank you all so much for listening and welcome again to our new listeners. I hope Mm. you enjoyed this deep dive into Elle's identity. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I'm joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Bye, y'all. And until next time, just keep thinking about it. Music for Gender Journeys composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josiewrites.com slash genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon.